Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. I want to talk today about uncertainty, and I want to start off by providing a disclaimer. Um, I always try in every episode I have to give as much hope as possible, and that's my intent today. So please stick with it to the end. But I also want to say if you have small children or people that are easily upset, don't let them listen to this episode because I'm going to go through some very real numbers and take a really real assessment of where we are. Um, I'm recording this on March 31st, 2020. And as of the last couple of days, we've had the experts that we're listening to, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Bricks, come out and give us some very sobering numbers on the number of deaths we can expect uh, for Americans from this coronavirus. And that number is between 100,000 and 200,000 Americans that would be killed by this virus. That, again, is a very sobering number. I'm going to talk later on why that's maybe not as bad as, as it might seem on the surface, but... For the people that that affects, of course, that's a 100% number. And for their families, that's a 100% number. And that's a significant enough number that most of us are going to know someone who has been impacted by this in the sense of a death or know someone who knows someone anyway. And that's going to affect our, our country, I think, for a generation. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I want to talk about uncertainty. And myself as an engineer... The reason I went into engineering is because I like certainty. I like knowing how things work. I like knowing if I provide this input, I'm going to get that output. I like knowing there's a right answer. And right now, there's so much uncertainty. We don't know how this virus is transmitted. We think we have a pretty good idea, but that seems to be changing as far as the recommendations on almost a daily basis. We've seen we shouldn't be in very large gatherings. We shouldn't be in gatherings of more than 250. To In Germany now, they're saying no gatherings of more than two people. Uh, we're told it's airborne. We're told it's not airborne. We're told to wear a mask. We're told wearing a mask doesn't uh, help. Uh, we're told it might be seasonal. Uh, we're told we're going to be living with it for a while. So we don't know and we want to know. Um, that uncertainty causes us fear and causes us anxiety. And I know people, um, I have friends who are psychics and people who are mediums and people are running to them right now. They're flocking them saying, tell me what's going to happen. Tell me what's going to happen. I want to know. You know, how bad is this going to get? Am I going to die from it? Is it how is this going to end? Um, I think the uncertainty is actually part of being human, though. 
And I'm learning or trying to learn to embrace uncertainty and to deal with uncertainty and to try to find out the answer right now. It's kind of like cheating on the test. It's kind of like looking at the back of the book when you're going through the test. It's like a movie spoiler. Um, And even though life is not a movie, none of us wants to have our favorite shows spoiled. We need to go through the drama to have the experience. So as we're going through this, one of the lessons I think there is in it is learning to embrace uncertainty and learning to live in the moment. And I'm telling you this as a person, this is tough for me, but I'm really trying to learn to focus on where I am today, what's going on today. Right now, as I record this, I'm sitting in my house. It's nice. It's comfortable. I have plenty of air. I can breathe. I have plenty of food. I have water. I've got Netflix. So even though I may not have chosen to be in this particular situation, if I look at the right now, not what's going to happen next week or next month or next year, right now, I'm okay. And I suspect you are too. And if I think if you take a moment and focus on where you are right now, as you're listening to the sound of my voice, right now, you don't lack anything. There's nothing that you need and you're okay. So try to focus on that as we go through this. And as our minds race ahead to, am I going to be able to get out of the house by Easter or by the end of April or by the end of summer? Is this going to come back in the fall? All those questions that we have, let's try to put those aside and focus on where we are today. Now, another thing this uncertainty has done is it's really made us focus on how uncertain life is. And for people like myself who have had a child pass, we have been shocked into knowing that life is uncertain, that nothing is guaranteed, not our children's lives, not our lives, that things can change in a heartbeat. And this is shocking a lot of people into that realization where if you think back just two or three weeks ago, we were living in a different world. I mean, we were going about our business. We heard about this virus. There were a few people in Washington state that had it. They told us that maybe it was coming here at some point, but frankly, most of us didn't pay much attention to that. We thought everything was going to be okay. We were being told by some, this was such a big hoax that it was overblown. I was talking frankly with a friend of mine who asked me how I felt about it uh, just maybe a month or so ago. And I said, you know, I heard about H1N1 and I heard about swine flu and I heard about Ebola and everything was okay. We have a tendency as human beings to want to normalize things, to to minimize things and not really face these huge existential fears. So I think we all kind of push this thing out until it became very real. And for me, it's very real because I have a friend who's on like day 17 of a presumed case of coronavirus. And I say presumed because she can't get tested. She lives in Kentucky, but she's been frankly on death's doorstep, it seems like, or several times over the last couple of weeks. So it's very real to me. And what has caused us, you know, as they've told us, we have to presume that everywhere we go, this virus is there. It's on the surface of every piece of everything we pick up in the grocery store, the packages that are delivered to us by Amazon, the person we pass in the street, we have to presume that they all have it. So it's, it's this ubiquitous thing that's all around us. And we're focused on when we leave our houses that there is a greater than 0% chance that we may come back infected. Um, The fact is we don't really think about this every day, but every day there's a greater than 0% chance that we're not going to make it through that day. But we don't focus on that. We can't as human beings. But what this virus has caused us to do is to hyper-focus on this one particular event, this one particular chance that we might actually get sick and die or a loved one that we know might get sick and die. 
So it's really made us hyper-focused, which is actually an opportunity to really understand the fragility of life, the preciousness of life. It gives us an opportunity to look at, to be grateful for the small things in life. As I mentioned earlier, you know, food in the in the pantry, um, having something to watch when I, while we're on lockdown, um, being able to take a deep breath because there are people right now who can't take a deep breath. So this virus has really caused us to focus on, or for me, it's an opportunity for me to focus on those things because it's really let me know as I think and I go about my day-to-day activities that this life is not you know, a given, that tomorrow is not granted, is not promised to any of us. And so we're, we're, I'm focused on that. So let's talk about some of the numbers. And I just said a number of maybe 100,000 to 200,000 Americans that would die from this. That's more than died in the, I believe they said the Vietnam War and the Afghan Wars, you know, combined. It's more than died in World War One. We're already past where there's been more people that, that have died from this than died on 9-11. So this is going to be a significant event on our psyche. But let's also try to put those numbers in perspective. Let's take an average of between 100,000 and 200,000 people that will pass from this virus. That's 150,000 people. Uh, the population of the United States, the last number I looked at was from 2017, was 327 million people. If you take 150,000 people and you divide that by 327 million people, it comes out to 0.0005%. If you subtract that from 100%, you've got a 99, a better than a 99.95% chance that you're going to survive this. So I want you to think about that for a second. of Americans will, according to these projections, survive this. If someone told you that you had a disease and you had a 99.95% chance of surviving it, you probably wouldn't be too upset. Again, it's not a 0% chance that we're not going to survive it, but it's still really good. So while we all have to take this very seriously and we all have to take precautions because we want to break the chain of this virus, we want to starve it. It's like a fire that feeds on the oxygen of us connecting with each other physically. We want to starve this fire and put it out so that hopefully we don't even hit that 100,000 or 200,000 number and that really hopefully we don't bloom beyond that. Because frankly, when this thing first came out, we were hearing numbers like 60 to 70% of us would get this and that the mortality rate was somewhere around 3%. If you use those numbers, we're talking about six to seven million people that could have passed from this virus. So if we do all the right things, we can hopefully keep this under control and literally save millions of lives. So let's focus on the lives that we can save. Let's focus on the fact that, you know, again, most of us are going to come through this okay. We need to, you know, take these lives that are lost as, you know, very seriously because even one life is too many. But let's, Let's again, I want to focus on the good things and I want to provide, you know, hope to you. So I believe, you know, that this is here to teach us something. Uh, I believe that everything that happens, particularly really, really big, really, really painful events that comes in, that come into our lives as individuals are here to teach us. And I believe for our collective consciousness that this virus is here to teach us something. And I talked about one of the lessons already. It's embracing the uncertainty of life which makes life more, more precious as you feel as you really think about the fragility of life. It's also to teach us gratitude, I think, for the small things. It's to teach us unity, to think about 
how we are all one world. I mean, right now, this virus is no respecter of person, place, or position. It doesn't, you know, uh, Prince Charles has been diagnosed with it. Boris Johnson, you know, people that are world leaders. Um, it, it's it's literally all over the globe. There's no that where you can go to escape it. At one time, we were told that it was only people who were old or already sick who might succumb to it. We found out that, again, no one has a 0% chance of succumbing to this. We've seen young people um, get very, very sick. It's taught us about who's really an essential worker. I mean, we've been told about pulling our subs up by our, by our bootstraps and how CEOs are important and risk takers are important. And I own my own business and I've hired people in the past and I've taken those you know, quote unquote risks. But who are the really essential workers we're counting on now? We need the grocery store workers to sell us our food. We need the truckers to keep driving. I mean, we would literally starve if the truckers stopped driving our food. Um, we're depending on delivery people. We're, we're asking people to go get our food and bring it to our houses for us so we don't have to go. Right now, the grocery stores are running like a week out, some of them, to get groceries delivered because people are saying, I don't want to go out to get my groceries. Let someone else go get them and bring them to me. So let's be grateful for every position, for every person, for every job, because they're all essential from the CEO all the way down to the janitor, the guy that cleans the floor, because without the floors being cleaned, the place becomes you know unlivable. So let's let's learn our lessons from this. And I truly hope that we do. And I, and I think this is probably going to be with us. And I hate to say this, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think this is going to be with us as long as it takes for us to learn those lessons. Um, so let's learn them quickly. Let's learn them as painlessly as possible. So again, back to my original topic of uncertainty. There is a certain amount of uncertainty with this. It is causing us to focus and to think, and let's take advantage of that. Let's turn within while we're going through this. Let's practice gratitude. Let's think about all these things. But on the other hand, while it is uncertain, life is uncertain every day. Uh, This is just a particular focus that we're all hyper-focused on right now. Let's also focus on while we can say there might be 100 to 200,000 deaths, and that's horrible, that we still have a better than 99.95 chance ourselves of coming through this. And that is a good thing. Let's be grateful for the people in our lives that bring us joy as we're separated from our friends and our family. We can't see our grandchildren. We can't see our grandparents. We can't get together with neighbors. We can't go to happy hour. Let's appreciate them. And the next time we see them, when we say it's good to see you, we're really going to mean it. The next time we're actually able to hug somebody, we're really going to feel that hug and we're going to feel it more deeply as we go through this. And we will get through this. It will one day be over. We will return to some sense of normalcy. And I'll talk about that in another episode. I want to talk about going back to normal because frankly, I hope we don't go back to normal. I hope we all grow from this. And this is a life-changing, a culture-changing, a world-changing event that will make the world a better place. So as always, be well, and I hope to see you soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to make it really easy for you to reach me. So just send me a text to 31996 and simply text the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. In fact, you can right now just say, hey, Siri, send a message to 31996. And when Siri asks you what you want to send, just say growth. You can do the same thing with OK Google. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. 
Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grieftogrowth.com. Hey there, if you like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.